0: This is an audio sermon recorded at the Church of Christ at Johnson Mill in Fayetteville, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth according to the New Testament. Come worship with us Sunday mornings at 1030 at 3801 Johnson Mill Boulevard. I'd like to wish everybody a good morning. God has blessed us with a brand new day that we can rejoice and be glad in it. I walked outside this morning and uh, I feel like we have a little sneak peek of spring air and uh praise god for that i know that we're all ready uh it's such a a joy to be here with you this morning such an honor i thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to worship with you this morning and to be able to to lead us in a few passages of scripture of god's word i hear wonderful things about the congregation here and I know that God has much in store for each and each one of you so again thank you so much for this opportunity (coughs) this morning we're going to uh, visit a little bit uh, about a letter written to Timothy we're going to look at the second letter written to him this morning the if I guess if you were going to title the message of the morning I would title it soldiers athletes and farmers. And again, this, this study comes out of 2 Timothy chapter 2, if you would like to turn there. We're going to be studying basically uh, verses 3 through 7 this morning. Before we begin reading, I wanted to kind of I want us to kind of understand uh, why this letter was written to Timothy. Timothy was going through a very difficult time. You see we have to understand that his fellow uh, fellow evangelists those apostles that worked around them they were being persecuted and tormented daily there were false teachers that had creeped into the church and they were spreading false doctrine there were temptations galore the youth had, had, had lost, lost their way. They had basically come to that point of apathy in their lives. And so he was discouraged. He was afraid. And so Paul, he starts out this letter uh, to Timothy. He says, Timothy, I think about you every single day and night. He said, I am mindful of your tears. In other words, I know exactly what is going on in your life, and I'm so sorry. But because you are going through what you're going through, he says, I want to help you. And so he basically uh, puts together a recipe in order to help Timothy overcome the struggles that he was facing in his life. And the reason that I chose this message this morning is because uh, as I look at the, at the times of, of Timothy, we are, our, the times that we're facing are so similar. We look at our government, and they are passing laws that transgress the law of God. We look at our youth, and they have turned their backs on God. We look at, at, at the churches, and, and the churches are asleep We look at at the false doctrine that is spreading like wildfire. Yes, you see, the times are very similar. And so this message that, that Paul speaks to Timothy is very important and very applicable today. So let's begin reading. So again, we have three points this morning. Now, I want us to understand that these three points changed Timothy's life. He went from fear to boldness, he went to discouraged to to triumphant. And you see, if we can apply these three things to our lives, we will be victorious in every aspect of our lives. It will be life changing. So very, very important message. So the first point that we want to, uh, that we want to look at uh, can be brought out in verses 3 and 4. Thou therefore, in dear hardness, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, no man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. So the first way that the Apostle Paul helps young Timothy is he states that you are a soldier. So you see, Timothy needed to be reminded of this as you and I need to be reminded You see, when we woke up this morning, we woke up in the middle of a battlefield. Whether we like it or not, Satan has come down like a dragon having great wrath upon this church. Because he knoweth he hath but a very short time. He is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You see, we're fighting against principalities, against the rulers of darkness. This is serious. And and you see, young Timothy needed to be reminded that he needed to wake up and realize that he needed to be a soldier. He needed to be fully armed and aware of this fact. I love war stories. I got a couple to share with you this morning. This is a true story about Leroy Ems. He was a veteran in World War II. He was an operator of a tank. And as he was operating his tank in the middle of war, he received two artillery shells to the side of this tank. It disabled the tank and so he had to evacuate quickly. So as he was evacuating he found a hole to get inside to escape all the all the gunfire that was aimed towards him and as he's in this hole his sergeant sees him and wants to make sure he's okay so his sergeant crawls over there and says leroy are you okay he says i'm okay sarge he says leroy where is your helmet he reached up and he's like i forgot in the tank sarge he's like well did you get your duty belt a duty belt you see it would carry the bayonet it would carry the canteen and his uh, and his ammunition very important part of armor and he felt his waist he's like sarge i forgot that sarge said well did you bring your rifle and he had just blank stare on his face He had forgotten everything in the tank as he was trying to evacuate in haste. He was unprepared for war. And unfortunately, so many times, we as followers of Jesus Christ, we leave our homes unprepared and unprotected. It's like we just step out on a playground thinking that Christianity is just that easy. But it's not. You see, why so many are blinded by the cares of this life, the riches and the pleasures, you see, Satan is attacking. Satan is attacking. We have to remember that we are at war. We have to remember we're at war. In this verse, it says, to endure hardness. You see, when we start taking our Christianity serious, (laughs) when we decide that we are going to be a, a soldier of Jesus Christ and we're going to fight for our Lord and Savior, that is when Satan is going to really attack. And he is going to place every stumbling block, every hardship in our way. We know this, don't we? We've witnessed this, haven't we? You see, the Apostle Paul knew all about hardships. He said, five times, Timothy, I received 39 stripes. Three times, Timothy, I have been beaten with rods. Three times, Timothy, I have been shipwrecked. Yes, I know what it's like to be out in the middle of the ocean with nothing but debris in the water to hang on to as I fight the the sharks, as I fight the storms of the sea. I know what it's like to be starving to death. I know what, it, what it's like to be thirsty. You see, Paul knew about hardships. And so he had all the sympathy in the world for young Timothy. Hardships are inevitable. You see, it's easy to be strong in it for a short period of time. It's easy to handle one, maybe two hardships. But when it's continuous, it's difficult in it. But if we're going to be an active soldier, we're going to have hardships. We have to be ready. We have to know where our power comes from, because it's when we, we depend on our own strength it's when we get tired and we get weary. And I see that's what young Timothy needed to be reminded of. There was a strength within him that came from God that was very, very powerful. It was a strength that would help him to endure no matter what he faced in his life. Another story, war story. Again, these are true stories. There was a Korean vet that told a story about his sergeant. There was a unit of of soldiers, and a couple of them got displaced from from the main unit. And so for hours, this main unit is trying to to reach these troops (laughs) to make sure that they're okay. So after a couple hours, they finally were able to reach the troops. And they asked, what is your condition? The sergeant, he spoke up. He said, well, I've got an enemy to the north of me. I've got an enemy to the south of me. I've got an enemy to the east of me and also to the west. And there was a pause in the conversation. He said these words. The enemy is not going to get away from me now. He was surrounded he was outnumbered when he spoke words of victory we must realize as we're trying to endure hardness as a soldier of christ that you see we are not fighting for victory we are fighting from victory and that makes all the difference you see our commander-in-chief has already won all we had to do is suit up and to await our marching orders. The second point that uh, Paul encourages Timothy with is in verse five. I invite your attention there. Again, we're at Second Corinthians or excuse me, Second Timothy chapter two, verse five. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet Is he not crowned? Except he strive lawfully. So, the second encouragement that the Apostle Paul gives Timothy is he wants to remind him that he is an athlete. What's interesting about athletes is that they work diligently behind the scenes for that few minutes, don't they? There's a great amount of training that takes place. You see, they're on strict diets. They exercise for hours on end every single day. And they're always uh, listening and reading things that are encouraging, that that will help their mindset in whatever whatever, uh, competition that they are facing. A good soldier is all about training. And we need to be in training. Now Abraham Lincoln, he once said the words, he said, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend four of those hours sharpening my axe. If you fail to prepare, you're prepared to fail. It's not the will to win that matters. Everyone has that. It's the will to prepare to win that matters. You know, it's interesting that the scriptures talk a lot about athletes. You know, the, our, our, our Christian life is often compared to, to runners. The Apostle Paul always uh, tells us to run to win. You know, when I, when I, Amy's a big runner, and I'll go to races, and it's interesting that, that these runners that are legit, like, they have the lightest of clothes, And 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 I'll look at their legs, and you can tell even the guys, that are all shaved. They don't want any kind of excess weight or resistance as they were running, and which which makes perfect sense when you begin to understand what the Apostle Paul says. He says, when you're running this race, you lay aside every weight and the sin that easily besets you. My father once uh, told me about a time that he and three other guys went backpacking. And when you're backpacking, it's very different from that of tent camping. You know, tent camping, or truck camping, I call it, you just back up your truck to the campground and you load everything out. You're not carrying anything. Backpacking is a totally different um, recreational sport. Everything that you have, is you put it in and condense it into your backpack. Well, a couple of these guys, they were going to, be tough and go straight up a mountain this was a very tough climb they decided to pick on one of the guys while he was not looking they got four heavy stones and they placed it within his sleeping bag and they stuffed it down in his pack and so again they're going 10 miles up this mountain and about halfway there they stopped to take a rest and that guy says man i don't know why but this is the hardest trip i've ever been on he said i, I don't know if i just I, I don't know if i'm out of shape i don't know if my pack is 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 too is too heavy like something's off here i just don't get it and they all kind of chuckled inside and well they continued on the hike and they made it to the top of the mountain the place where they were going to camp and so he's uh unloading his backpack and he gets his tent set up and he goes to grab his sleeping bag and he's like extra weight in a sleeping bag. It took him a couple of years to find what they did humorous. (laughs) But what I find so intriguing is how you and myself, we will purposely strap on extra stones and carry this excess weight in this race that we are running. Why do we do that? You see, Christ has called us to liberty. His burden is light. Why are we carrying all these hardships on our back and these burdens and these sins that so easily beset us? And these things may be, may be our cell phone. Maybe it's that that distracts us from reading our Bibles. It distracts us from, from from being the spouse that we need to be or the parent. Maybe it's the computers. Maybe is that we're very money-driven and we work too many hours. Maybe it's pleasures or hobbies. It's different for every one of us. But we must rid these things from our lives because it is so important, as we will see shortly. The apostles asked jesus a lot of questions one of the questions that they asked him was are there going to be few that are saved that's a good question are there going to be few that are saved and jesus answered that with these words strive to enter in the straight gate for many I say unto you will seek to enter in and shall not be able. There are two types of Christians, Jesus said. There are those that seek to enter in and those that strive. What's the difference? We see the word seek means to give effort. The word strive means to give all. And what's so interesting is that strive. And win almost mean the exact same thing. You know, the verse that we just read says strive for the masteries, in other words, strive to be victorious. And uh, Paul oftentimes said run to win. The word win means that you're willing to go further, work harder, and give more than anyone else that's the same definition as strive to give all verse 5 says to strive lawfully a lot of you uh, young ones and and parents you you have all been uh, involved in sporting events and in every sporting event there are rules and regulations and when athletes decide to ignore those rules and regulations, there are consequences. They may be suspended. They may be disqualified. In these verses and in this epistle, Paul goes on to say, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Paul encouraged Timothy to know the word of God inside and out. You see wolves in sheep's clothing. They're in sheep's clothing for a reason. Because they don't want to be spotted. They want to be in disguise. And they're going to mix just enough truth into their lies that it's deceiving and they can deceive the simple-minded. And that is why it was so important for Timothy and so important for you and I to study to show ourselves approved. We didn't know how to combat all the false doctrines that are being spread. Paul went on to tell Timothy that there's going to come a time when men will not want to hear sound doctrine. In other words, truth. They're going to have itching ears. In other words, they're going to want to hear stories and, and hear comforting things. They don't want to hear the hard things. We need to be willing to give the hard things, to speak the hard things, and know how to combat the errors that are being spread in the church today. The last uh, point that, that Paul makes here in his encouragement is mentioned in verse six. It says, the husbandman that laboreth must be first to partaker of the fruits. Husbandman's another word for a farmer. You know, the farmer's very, uh, very similar to that of an athlete. An athlete spends 90% of their time preparing for that competition, right? There's a lot of of work involved. Same with a farmer. You see, he doesn't just click his fingers and all of a sudden he has a bountiful uh, harvest, right? There's a lot of hard work. There's a lot of gardeners in this room. You know exactly what I'm referring to. Jesus said these words to his apostles. He says, please, please pray for laborers. Please, please pray for laborers. Why? Because there are so few of them. Do you want to know why there are so many Walmarts? So many grocery stores, Dollar Generals? We like to let other people do the work, don't we? Right? I do. It's a lot easier to go to the store. Get your produce and your vegetables, your bread and your eggs, your meat. And raise it yourself, isn't it? That's why they're on every corner. The church is very similar, isn't it? I heard heard a a fellow talk a little bit about his horses. (laughs) He said he had a team of horses that pulled pull things for him you know on on the farm he said he had one horse that pulled the majority of the weight he was a worker the other one's not so much he said all my horses are willing (laughs) all my horses are willing one's willing to pull most of the weight and the others are willing to let him (laughs) (laughs) you know I visited with a lot of elders a lot of deacons and evangelists they talk a lot about the Pareto principle that's the 80-20 rule and they will state that 20% of the church does 80% of the work that breaks my heart it breaks God's heart you know the Apostle Paul he has given a recipe for a church and how it should grow, and it's not the eighty-twenty rule. He says the whole body has to be fitly joined together, and compacted by, compacted by that which every joint supplyeth. We all have a part to play, and unless we all do our part. There are going to be people that are worn out from having to carry the weight. But what a beautiful thing when everybody does their part because you know what happens? Increase. What this verse is talking about, it's just just simple. Paul wanted to remind Timothy that you've got to do the work first, and then cometh the increase. Work? Increase. Harvest. I was watching Where the Red Fern Grows the other day with my kids. I was reminded of this. Here's this young boy. All he could think about was having two coon dogs. But he grew up in a poor family. And coon dogs were a luxury. So very disheartened by this, he speaks to his grandfather. He says, Grandfather, I've been praying for coon dogs. I've tried to be good. I work hard for my mom and dad. But I don't have coon dogs. And Grandpa says, well, you have to meet the Lord halfway. The young boy didn't know what that meant. So he asked his grandfather, he said, no, I'm not going to tell you. you, chew on this. Well, one day it clicked. And so the boy, he got up at sunrise and he went to work. And at sunset, he quit. He did this day after day, month after month, until he had the means to go buy him a pair of coon dogs. The same works in our Christian life. You remember Naaman, how he was willing to be cleansed of leprosy? He just wanted God to twiddle his thumbs and all of a sudden a miracle would take place and it would be cleansed of leprosy. God said, no, you've got to meet me halfway. You've got to go dip in the River Jordan seven times. Once you do that, you'll be cleansed. You remember at the, at the first uh, marriage that Jesus went to, at the marriage of Cana, say the first marriage he went to, the first miracle that, that Jesus uh, uh, did at the marriage of Cana, you know, they were all wanting him to just uh, uh, perform this miracle. They said, no, you got to meet me halfway. Go fill these cisterns up with water. Then I'll turn that water into wine. you got to meet me halfway. God loves us to prove our faith by our works. There's a scripture in uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 says, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as you know that your labor will not be done in vain. Our labor is not in vain. God has called us to plant. He has called us to water. He says, watch me give the increase. Watch me give the increase. And this applies not only to the work of the church but it applies also into our spiritual lives. We gotta meet God halfway. And as I think about this young congregation here at Johnson Mill, I'm so excited for you guys. I'm behind you wholeheartedly. I just pray that every single person will dig deep inside themselves and ask themselves, what am I doing for this work? How am I contributing? Because unless the whole body does their part there will not be increase you got to ask the leaders here how that you can serve ask them today if you haven't already asked them because it's so vital let's read verse 7 consider what I say And the Lord give thee understanding in all things. This is the conclusion. He said, I want you to meditate on what it means to be a soldier. I want you to meditate on what it means to be an athlete and a farmer. For when you do these things, you will be unstoppable. Satan will not have his way with you any longer, Timothy. And may we remember that we are soldiers of Jesus Christ. It is no, it is not in us to stand on the sidelines and to wait for someone else to do our job. It is our job to be fully armed and doing our part in this warfare. So let's remember that. Let's be sober. Let's be vigilant each and every day, not ever leaving that household without our armor and ready to fight because whether you're armed or not, Satan is releasing those fiery darts. Let us remember that we are athletes, that we got to be training every day, studying that word of God, being in prayer, meditating, memorizing scriptures so that we will be ready for when that time comes, when we need to stand up for the word of God and stand up for the truth that God has placed within our hands. And let us remember that we are to be farmers. What that means to us is that we need to be workers for the Lord. The verse that we just said says that we need to be steadfast. Steadfast, unmovable, always. That's not just one day a week. That's always working. And when we do that, we're going to see God's miraculous hand. And oh, it's a sweet thing. It's a sweet thing to see God's increase and to see the fruit that he has waiting for us after we meet him halfway. I love each and every one of you again. Thank you so much for this opportunity that you have given me to come here and to share this message. If there are any here that would like to have the prayers of the church, maybe that you have not been the worker that you needed. Maybe you have failed to put that armor on. Maybe you have failed to to be in training. And you need encouragement. You need strength to be able to change and to repent. And this is a wonderful time to take advantage of that. If there are any this morning that would like to obey the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. If you this morning want to rise out of the waters of baptism, rejoicing. If you have faith that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And you're willing to change. You're willing to turn from your old man and to give all. You're willing to confess before many witnesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? And you want to be immersed in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Jesus Christ and to contact that blood that was shed for us 2,000 years ago, that blood that has the power to cleanse us for all eternity. Come now as we stand and sing. We hope you enjoyed this teaching from God's Word. To receive new sermons each week, subscribe on Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, and like us on Facebook. Thanks for listening, and God bless.